0: Welcome to the next episode of Under the Brim. I am Dr. Shanna Moody, and we are here to talk about the mindset and motivation of the athletes under the brim, bringing you another fabulous and interesting episode of Sol Ross athletes here competing in collegiate sports. Um, again, we are this season we are pairing up a rodeo athlete with a traditional sports athlete, and Kind of talking to them about what's similar about your sports, what's different about your sports, and what's going on in your minds while you're competing and while you're training and preparing, and um, how do you celebrate the victories and how do you overcome the triumphs and tragedies of your sport. And so I say traditional sport, but today we have something a little bit different. I don't know that this sport we would necessarily call a traditional sport. Um, <laughs> so um, I'm going to let the athletes introduce themselves today. But we have a, um, a gentleman from our Sol Ross Rodeo team. And then we have another athlete that I'm going to ent- let him go first and introduce himself.
1: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Octavius Delgado, and I play uh, Ultimate Frisbee. Um, that's all I
2: got for now. Okay, yeah, I'm Brandon Lansford. I'm on the rodeo team. I ride saddle bronc, team rope, and calf rope.
0: Okay. That was one of the questions I wanted to ask you. I wasn't sure about your rodeo history if you competed in other sports besides saddle bronc.
2: Yeah, I, uh, originally, like through junior high, I competed in every event I possibly could. Like I shoot dog, team rope, calf rope, breakaway, everything. Okay, like, wow. Red Bulls for a good while. And now, now it's pretty much just saddle bronc. But.
0: Okay. So how, through all of that, so you've tried every rodeo event, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, just about everything I could get into.
0: Okay, were there any that right away you instantly didn't like?
2: Not really, I like a challenge. So if it appealed any way of a challenge, I've enjoyed it more, really. Um, Maybe the shoot dogging, like I struggled with it the most because well, at the time I was about 85 pounds, so.
0: (laughs) didn't quite have the lead in the britches that you needed at no, that
2: no not not at all <laughs>
0: yeah again just to remind the listeners that I was I call myself a fit leap because I tried to play sports but I was not a great <laughs> athlete right and then I have never been a rodeo athlete at all but I ro- raised a rodeo athlete so I had to kind of learn along with him and so watching him go through um, all the different rodeo events kind of reminded me of what you said and right away instantly we started putting him on sheep because as a little kid that's one of the first things that you can do mutton investing right yeah. and I have like the greatest picture of of him getting bucked off a sheep and the picture is him face like he's probably two inches his face is two inches deep in the dirt but the rest of his body isn't touching the ground yet so his arms are stretched out like Superman position his feet are probably two feet in the air above the ground but his face is already two inches in the dirt and from that point forward he was pretty much like I hate this sport and I never want to do this again right and then the second thing that you can do is lead line where your kid is on the horse and the parent is running on the ground pulling the horse with a lead line and um, again I did compete in rodeo so I'm trying to learn how to wear boots and run in rodeo arena dirt which I don't know how many of you have ever tried to sprint in rodeo arena dirt but great workout yeah. not the yeah. easiest thing to do right it's
2: it's not feasible at all <laughs> it's <laughs> not something you want to do
0: so I've always wondered about that so as a kid um, trying to play sports I was really insecure because again I wasn't a great athlete and so I always wonder about you guys as rodeo athletes what's it like when you get bucked off a horse again thinking about saddle bronc and you're way out in the middle of the arena and nothing else can happen in the rodeo until you get out of the arena. So what is that feeling like of knowing that everybody's watching you run or walk out of the arena? And maybe even, especially if you just had a bad ride, what is that like eight or 10 seconds or does it feel like a minute? Like, what does it feel like?
2: It can be a very long time, really. It feels like it takes forever. And most of the time you forget how to walk. (laughs) (laughs) You have everybody watching you and you're like, uh.
0: Do you feel like that? Do you feel like all eyes are on you and that everybody is just watching you?
2: At times, yeah. Like, especially when things go wrong, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Does it? Do you feel like time is moving slower than maybe it really is?
2: Yeah, I've had that feeling a few times. Okay. Not, not regularly though. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, that's what it was like, as being a lead line parent, right? So I, again, didn't grow up rodeo, so here I am trying to act like I know what I'm doing and dress the part and look the part, and I'm so insecure doing it that I know my son knows what he's doing, and he has no qualms about sitting on the horse, right? And I'm just worried like that I'm gonna look like a fool, or I'm gonna be the mom who trips and falls while, and have the horse take off running or something, right? So, yeah. So So before I come back to Octavius, I want to come back to you, Brandon. So just if there's anybody listening, because I consider this kind of like a crossover podcast because hopefully we're introducing maybe some traditional sports people to the rodeo world and vice versa. So maybe can you give us like a quick summary of what Saddle Bronc is?
2: Yeah. So Saddle Bronc is a classic event. It's originated back on the ranch when they were trying to break the horses. You have the younger guys on the property have to get on the horse. It's never been rode before. And it was real common that the horse probably end up bucking and throwing a fit. Okay. <laughs> and it's just evolved since then to now you're required to grab a mark out. Like you you start out in the chute. You have a saddle that's designated to bronc riding. You have to grab your mark out in that first jump, which is your feet up over the point of the shoulders. And then every jump in the picture perfect ride, you're back in that position when their front feet are on the ground.
0: Okay.
2: While you're still having to lift on your rein and spurring them the whole time through for eight seconds so
0: so the only thing keeping you connected to the horse is your rein i mean your butt's in the saddle and your feet are in the stirrups, so but you're not necessarily really sitting right
2: yeah there's especially the way i ride there's a f- few points in it to where you're actually sitting down but most okay. of the time you're you just have a few inches of the inside of your legs that are making contact
0: <laughs> okay well one of the reasons that i paired up you two for this podcast was because i feel like both of your sports i consider it like free for free flying right like there's just it's out of control both of your sports a yep. little bit right like you kind of have to come to that realization and that acceptance for your sport that there's just so much out of, of your sport yep. that's out of control right um and also you're kind of the like um more like wild events right like i would think um from my perspective of how i was kind of thinking through like pairing up the sports of these athletes so octavius coming back to you tell me a little bit about your sports history
1: growing up so sports history started out with football of course um of course because we're in texas right you have to play you have to to, to play football did you play football
2: i played in junior high for (laughs) a year okay
1: (laughs) Um, But it was mainly football, basketball, baseball. Um, I really loved baseball, but as I got older, I could not hit the ball. I was – put me in the outfield, and I can run, I can catch it. Center field was my thing. Couldn't mess with me. Okay. Um, As I got a little bit older, um, football decided not to be my friend anymore. I had a really, really serious injury. Um, That was my sophomore year. I had nerve damage um, on the right side of my arm. Couldn't move it. And I was like, well – so I became a really big runner and track and fell in love with that. But then I got cleared to play football and decided to roll the dice, went back to football. And then when I came to So Ross, I signed for football and then I came out here and I was like, yeah, football's not for me. <laughs> I was like, I'm not trying to go pro. I'm not trying to do anything. I'll just tell my kids I should have went to the NFL. I'll keep it. <laughs> and they'll never uh, know. Yeah, they'll never know. Um, but after that, I was just a full time student. And then um the COVID year, my sophomore year, my roommate came home and he was like, Hey, man, like, do you want to play Ultimate Frisbee? And I was like, What's that? And he was like,
0: I was going to ask, Did you even know it? Yeah, Frisbee I was? didn't even know what it
1: was. And I was like, like The thing where, and I thought it was disc golf, like, where you just, and I was like, I'm not playing that. And he was like, No, no, no. He's like, Dude, it's really, really fun. We should try it out. So I watched a couple of videos and I was like, All right, let's do it. The power of YouTube, right? We can learn everything <laughs> <Yeah>. from YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I watched a couple of videos and I was like, Oh, yeah, I can do that. Like, that's, that doesn't look hard. I went out there. I was out of shape, big body, and it was actually a tryout. I thought we were just going there to have fun, and we were <laughs> kind of just doing our thing. And then um, the lead guy, Mike, was like, hey, um, if I call your name, you're on the team. And he was like, Octavius? And I was like, oh, I'm on the team. Me. Like, what? Who, me? So, yeah, me and my buddy, we went out there thinking, like, just, you know, for fun, you know, let's hang out, meet some, you know, new people, and then lo and behold, we're on the Soul, the Soul the Ultimate
2: <laughs> Team.
0: So do you know what Ultimate First Me is?
2: Um, I actually had to watch some on YouTube before we got in here (laughs) because you told me we were going to be paired up. I was like, I might need to look into this a little bit.
0: (laughs) So what did you think about when you watched it?
2: Yeah, I couldn't do it. I'm not (laughs) that coordinated.
0: (laughs) So when you started playing the sport, when you watched the YouTube videos, what did you think of it?
1: I thought of it as I was like, oh like this is perfect. It's like football, soccer, and like all in one. And I was like, I can do this and it's just a lot of running. I mean, it's a lot of running. It's constant movement unless you catch the disc. That's the only time you get a breath. If you have the disc, you cannot move. You're just there to throw it. But as soon as you throw it, you gotta be moving again.
0: <laughs> okay, so you said originally you thought it was disc golf. Right. So can
1: you tell the listeners what disc golf is? So disc golf is like there's a basket far away and you have to be very very skilled and talented to get it a frisbee yeah like a frisbee frisbee. um it's a little bit heavier than an actual like a regular frisbee and it's a little bit smaller and you just throw it and hopefully you make it and like i said i've tried it once and i was like yeah i'll just stick to ultimate because
0: Yeah, so we're really fortunate here at Sol Ross that we have a disc golf course mm -hmm. on our campus, and it's pretty common on college campuses, and now even in city parks a lot have it. Um, But there are different discs, similar to different clubs in golf, that are made for a drive or made for a putt Mm -hmm. um, or made for different distance throws. So disc golf is very much like golf, but you're playing it with a disc or a frisbee Mm -hmm. and aiming at a basket instead of a hole. Okay, so that's kind of what you thought it was. And that, again, would involve a lot of cardio of walking, but it's not contact competitive running intensity right so now can you explain to us what ultimate frisbee is
1: so ultimate frisbee like it's a gentleman's game so it's like i haven't heard that before okay so a lot of people you know like i come from a football mindset and that's when i was like oh like we're gonna be making a lot of contact and they're like no it's aggressive we're gonna be yeah yeah. and they're like no like there's no refs there's oh
0: there's uh, no refs there's
1: no refs we are the refs
0: okay well i didn't know that either yeah
1: so Whenever you make it to like um conference and stuff like that, there may be refs. Okay. But there the last two times we've made it to conference there's never been refs. Hmm. Um it's mainly whenever you make it to like regionals and all like the bigger games is when there are refs. And it's just like, wait, if there's no refs then, you know, who's gonna call the rules? And it's us. So and it's just like you have to agree. So like For example, if I'm holding the disc and I, you know, take a a step or two and they call travel, I have to respect his call because he's the one that saw it. And I'll be like, okay, and it just resets. Or if I throw the disc and he just so happens to hit my hand or my wrist, I can call foul and he can argue with me for a little bit. But then it's just like, okay, gentleman's agreement, you get the disc back.
0: Okay, so now when I was younger, I used to go play pickup basketball with these older guys, like, you know, the old men in town that had the key to the basketball gym. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't know how that works, right? Like, I don't know <laughs> how these old men get the key to the, the school basketball gym, but they do. And that's the how we played, right? But they never really played by the rules, right? Yeah. They'd say, a call a foul, and it was not a foul. Or they would say, oh, I didn't touch you. And they would have just, like, knocked you on your butt, right? Yeah. So is it like that in Ultimate a lot? Yeah, for the like most part. Like, that's instantly what I relate to when you started yeah. telling me that story. So,
1: like, like I said, for every tournament that we go to, we try to keep it nice and simple. The only time it gets hectic is whenever the other team starts chirping at us, you know. If they're up by a couple of points, we're like, look, let's calm it down, you know. <laughs> we're going to win. And like we know, Like, you could be up by seven and we'll come back and beat you it doesn't matter like we're that good
0: (laughs) so is there a lot of trash talk then because there's not refs
1: um a lot a lot of trash talk and us as you know here at soul ross we don't even we don't even bother with it we just kind of ignore it we you know continue to play our game and if it continues on and we're like hey like we're winning i don't know why you're even talking (laughs) and we'll start talking like towards the end of the game to like look you need to be down here. <laughs> so
0: y'all have the confidence, and so tell um, the listeners, and maybe even Brandon, because I bet a lot of people don't know this. Tell them how good we really, your team really is.
1: So um, last year we had a total of. 13 14 players um we travel on our own and stuff like that because we we're like, not a, you're not a,
0: you're yeah. similar to rodeo that you're not yeah. an ncaa sport mm-hmm. so you are a club, club, club similar yes. to rodeo so you're self-supported so you don't officially have a school coach nope you don't have funding from
1: the school um, funded. Yes no. yeah self-funded like um
0: you can do fundraisers and yeah stuff, stuff like, like to that raise money but stuff and like you that. don't have like a school bus that you travel on nope, you we travel take on our cars own. so okay so you're the first athlete that's been able to relate to rodeo and that
1: yeah
2: y'all sound a lot like us now and
1: it's a pain you know because we'll have tournaments in oklahoma or and so ross is far away from anything (laughs) everything (laughs) um so we'll have tournaments in Houston, and we'll go to San Antonio, we'll go to Austin. you know, yeah, been to Oklahoma and stuff, yeah. too, yeah. And the, Oklahoma's, you know, already a nine-and-a-half-hour drive. So we're yeah. like, all right, we're taking turns. Like, every hour we're switching, you know, at the next gas station, stuff like that. It's, yeah, so, so far in that regard, you're the first
0: athlete that I've interviewed that's been comparable to rodeo in that regard. Yeah, so-
2: the- the only thing really is like we have a coach that yeah. is hired by the school. So
0: And you all have a coach but he's a faculty member, right, who's Do y'all No, oh, so there, I thought there, y'all had a coach. no
1: coach. So like Did y'all
0: use oh, You have a sponsor. Mm-mm. You have to have a sponsor every so, coach has um, to have a sponsor.
1: So I am trying to think you have of to have a name. faculty member downstairs in the glass room. Um
0: I thought was it not Velasco? Uh, uh
1: No. I can't think of his name. Where's okay. glasses? It'll come to you in a minute across from the game game room i think his name's paul okay is it paul i'm not 100 sure okay totally distracted you though okay so go back to how good you are so like i said before we have we average about 13 14 players a year we'll go against like um d1 schools and beat them you know um two tournaments ago we went against texas tech ut baylor smoked them um and it's not like oh well you just beat a name no we're beating you know a 25 player roster we only have 13 14 players and there can only be seven players at a time so we're constantly and they probably had
0: a lot more to pick oh, from yes. to get that oh, yeah. 25. Yes.
1: um so we're always tired we call it the uh, suicidal seven and it's just keep that's moving. how many people are on the field yeah. time? at okay. a time for both teams and it's just like constantly moving like even if you're tired it's like uh uh-uh, uh you got to stay in the game like and it's it gets hectic like so y'all been
0: ranked nationally right
1: mm-hmm. um last year we were ranked number three
0: um, in the nation in
1: the nation wow and you know we were kind of happy about that you know 14 guys you know ranked number three in the entire nation we were at like, a oh, d3 it, school yeah. out of,
0: and that's so that's not a d3 ranking Mm-mm. that is like the entire because yeah, again this is level. a club not a mm-hmm. ncaa sport
1: so we were we were pretty excited and you know We should have went to nationals we fell short and that's why we got number three we lost by a point it was very very annoying
0: oh so it was that close yeah it it
1: was very close and you know in the spring is whenever we plan on going back we'll see what happens though you know we're pretty excited to get revenge
2: it's all about the comeback really (laughs) yeah always (laughs)
1: about the comeback so i mean like i said we are you know very hardcore we do not take um like any excuse we're like no we're here to play you know we'll have games you know three games back to back to back and it's not like um it's not it's not slow it's fast movement you know constantly moving just running the entire time like how on, long is it
0: how long do you call it match a or game or what yeah, do you call, we it?
1: call it match game okay. how um long? so on the average we go up to 13 points and it's one point at a time so like if we throw the frisbee in the end zone that's one point point.
0: So it's not a time limit, it's a score.
1: Yeah, it's a score and a time limit game. So I believe it's about an hour and fifteen minutes okay. every single game and then we only get um twenty minute twenty to thirty minutes to get ready for the next game. So it's like, hey, drink your Gatorade, drink your water, whatever, let's start stretching. We got, you know, fifteen minutes now to go play this other team.
0: Okay. Jeez. And so when is your actual season?
1: Um, actual season is um this upcoming spring. Like right now we're just kinda going into tournaments like Hey, we're season. here, okay. yeah. Kind of just getting prepared, and in the spring is whenever we get really, really serious. Starting to see like our rivals and stuff like that, and like our biggest rivals uh, is Rice University and Texas State. We do not like Texas State. <laughs> we do not. <laughs> hey, don't
0: like be them. talking about the Bobcats. That's my I'm sorry. It's just alma mater. Please. Can't do it. Go Cats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but Texas State is like our we always butt heads. Like before the game, after the game, during the game they like rice they're like we're able to like connect like hey let's talk we'll play the game not that big of a deal but with texas state it's it's a holy ball game it's like we're get, we're gonna take you out there
0: so i was t- went back to texas state for a conference and they have what's the game um it's like the harry potter game that they've actually turned into like a game quidditch, quidditch yes quidditch have you ever seen Quidditch in real life? No. So Texas State is a huge Quidditch school, and I had never <laughs> seen it before I went back. And I was like, what are they playing? There are, like, kids running around with these sticks between their legs. Like, you know how when you're a little kid, you play like you're riding a horse, but it's the broom? Yeah. There are kids doing that, but then there's, like, hula hoop things, and have you played it before? No. Yeah. Have you ever seen it before?
2: <laughs> no, No, I hadn't. Okay. I've seen it on the movie, but that's, yeah.
0: that's it. But there's like a real-life Quidditch league. Is
1: it like a Pokemon Go type of thing? Like,
0: no, I mean, it's, it's like Ultimate Frisbee. Like they're, it's like a club, uh-huh. and you go to different schools and compete. It's Quidditch. You have to look it up.
2: It's like a real thing, though. It's I like guess. a real
0: thing. And oh, you don't dress up in costume. It's not like oh. that stuff. I mean, it's, oh. it's a game. I was
2: definitely like picturing these guys <laughs> dressed up running around with brooms. I mean, like.
0: Did you ever do that when you were a kid, though? Like pretend like a broom was a horse? I, think oh, every, I still do Yeah I, I think, like, yeah, I think
1: everybody does <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> Or gets the broom And pretends like It's like a, a microphone You know Singing in the microphone That's Or a guitar I Yeah, yeah I Like the scene In <laughs> Risky Business but, yeah, you still do it. <laughs> I still do it. I, get in the groove of cleaning.
0: <laughs> I don't remember my son doing that, but literally, like, everything in our house was a rope. So, uh, like, if he was punished, we would his punishment was taking his ropes away. Yeah. And if we took his ropes away, literally what he would do is go in his closet. If we were like, okay, you're punished. Go to your room. He would take his shoelaces out of his shoes, <laughs> and he would make a lasso, and he would start roping things in his room.
2: Oh, yeah. Shoestring and the whole cowboy toy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or if we weren't paying attention, he would make um, corrals in the kitchen, and He would tie rope or string to the chairs and the table and he would make like corrals. But if you weren't paying attention, if you got up in the middle of the night, you were going to eat the floor because (laughs) you wouldn't know where he had tied things and you were going to trip and fall. It was crazy. So did you always want to be a cowboy? Did you always know that's what you wanted to do?
2: Oh, yeah. I grew up right in the middle of it. Back home, my dad has been a farrier my whole life. So I was always around horses. He was always shoeing horses everyone around us roped or they worked cattle or they cowboyed in some sort of way and that's just what i've always wanted to do
0: did you grow up around any kind of house uh horses or cows or yeah
1: um and you know even now my uh mom and dad we recently got property and we got five um cattle now so i'll go out there and and i'll go out there and my dad was like you know we Want them to like get to know us because like if we walk up to the fence they'll like run off and I was like I'll get in there with them he's like no you won't and I was like twenty bucks and I'll go in there and I'll run with them it's it's fun I yeah mean, there's something
0: know. so relaxing about being around animals right yeah. like oh, it's yeah. just so cool until they make you mad and then you know like I'm sure do y'all I mean do you have any you said you stay on a ranch when you're not yeah. here so yeah I've
2: definitely got a couple that'll that'll <laughs> trip a few wires. <laughs>
0: yeah um yeah so funny okay so then did you grow up knowing you wanted to be an athlete did you grow on sports
2: oh yeah um
1: I didn't Always? start yeah I didn't start um with sports until I was like eight years old and okay. I remember just like watching on TV and I was like mom like I want to be doing that she was like no you're too young and I mean I'm big body now but as a kid I just had a big old head so <laughs> you know my mom feared for me and she was just like no you're not playing and then at eight years old and I was like mom like come on let me let me play football like I want to play football and she was like okay and I remember she was like, if you're past 80 pounds, we'll let you play. And I was like, 81 pounds. Here we sign go. Me. And I was like, sign it's me time. up. time. Yeah, but at eight years old, I, I fell in love with every sport that I played. And I think it was mainly because um, every sport that I did play, we won a championship. Ugh. So first year in basketball, championship. First year in football, championship. And first year in baseball, we went all the way to state. And we, I mean, we got fourth. But I was like, oh. If I'm on any team, we're going to win. That's not the case. (laughs) But so it taught you how to win
0: at an early age. And it taught you that. It gave you that confidence Mm -hmm. that I am a winner and I can be a winner. And I think that's such an important skill that doesn't get talked about enough that you have to learn how to win. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you were growing up and you, how old were you when you entered first, Brandon? Um,
2: So I started riding originally at like two weeks old. (laughs) My mom (laughs) gave me to my dad up on the saddle. Like I was throwing a fit that day. She's like, here, he's yours. I'm done. That's it. (laughs) But I probably started riding play days which like the lead line events and stuff like that probably at like three yeah or four somewhere in there I don't I hardly remember yesterday so I can't go back that far <laughs> but no.
0: so then did you kind of have the same you know scenario as Octavius did you pretty ha- much have victory from the get-go or was yours so, more hard won, hard fought
2: I had a lot of wins I did good most of the time but I lost a lot okay. and losing a lot so what made the winning more more worth it really and made me want to win more because I was like that's a great feeling when you're not losing so <laughs> yeah
1: it's a little different entry, but you said you had yeah. some losses too oh yeah I had I mean I've been on winning teams losing teams and I think you know everyone should learn how to lose that's the most important thing because if you're yeah. just winning all the time like once you lose you'll be like you'll want it more and that's how it was for me because I remember my first year of football the Belton titans Went all the way to the championship and then the next year we lost every single game and i was like what what's happening and then <laughs> my third year we went back and won the championship and it was just because we wanted it it was like all the same guys you know some players left you know because they were too old or whatever the case had you know had been but came back stronger came back better and we were like we're gonna win you know we're just little kids and it was mainly because like we had lost every single game the year before and we were like we're not losing anymore. we're not doing that again <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah when- when you're winning, you're just kind of like, "Oh, we just got to keep winning." Yeah, you but you lose, winning. and you're, you're like, like, "No, we gotta no, win." No, we gotta win. Yeah, there <laughs> yeah. you go. That change of mindset is a lot. <laughs> a lot,
1: yeah. And that's how it is at you know at ultimate. You know, um, whenever we lost to we lost to Texas State the first time we ever played them. Like I said, gentlemen's game. No one said nothing the entire game, but after that's when they started trash talking. They were like, "Yeah, I'll rank nothing." Bobcats would not do that. I don't. Oh know what no, you're they, about. they would. They <laughs> did. Matter of fact, they did. Um, and then that put us, like, all right, every single time we see these guys, we're going to put on a show, we're going to beat them, and whoever's around, like, we're, we're not losing anymore. So <laughs> No ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah, there, like, <laughs> we're, we're going to win.
2: So,
0: Do you have that same kind of story from maybe early on that you remember, like, having that tragedy to triumph kind of moment?
2: I mean, in rodeo, it's more of a one-on-one sport. It's not really like a team going against a team. Well, so. no, just
0: remembering, like, I lost this, and now I know I'm going to come back and do it.
2: Yeah, uh, I've got one of those, like my sophomore year of high school, I qualified for nationals in the bronc riding, but I broke my collarbone in the second round, getting bucked off the of bronc and yeah. had to turn out of nationals. And I was uh, like, man, like, this is the first time I got qualified, like, I worked really hard for it. And then coming back the next year, I was like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> like, there's no, no doubt about it. I have to go back.
0: Where did you and, high school rodeo?
2: I went to Region 8.
0: Oh, in Texas? Yeah. Okay, Here I didn't Texas. know if you were from Texas or not. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm from South Texas, so. Okay,
0: okay. Yeah, um, I remember my son one year, um, they started this big calf roping, and it was through r- sponsored by Roy Cooper, put on by Roy yeah. Cooper, famous calf roper, and it was an invitational thing, and he didn't get invited the first year, and he deemed himself one of the ones that should have been invited and man talk about light of fire in someone like you don't think I'm good enough yeah stay back and watch this right let me show you and the next year he went out and was like there's going to be no doubt that you can't invite me like I'm going to leave no room for anyone to question whether I should be invited to this event or not and I have a picture of him wearing a Roy Cooper t-shirt the day that he found out that he got invited and I just remember that moment of like the work finally paying off, right? Oh, yeah. And again, I think that's something you know that y'all both brought up about winning is something that has to be learned and it teaches you something and you have to learn to be a winner and what that feels like, but you also really have to learn to lose. Oh, yeah. So I kind of want to challenge you a little hot topic here. So now thinking both of you are, you know, like Brandon, you told me you're in your master's program, Octavius, you're graduating in December, already bought a house. You yes, have a serious girlfriend, you have a fiance. Yeah, so don't. not that far in the future, there's potential that you could have children. Right. Don't so. Yeah, it's all fun and games. They don't tell you what. That's not on the (laughs) plan. The girlfriends don't listen. Um, Fiancés don't listen. So if you're listening, we're not. So, if you had kids, or maybe even advice for other athletes who might have kids one day, maybe we'll put it that way. Um, Would you advise, or would you want kids to play sports? And then, how do you feel about the? participation ribbon sports speaking of like you both talk, talked about lessons that you got from winning and from losing mm-hmm. so how do you feel about participation sports and do you want your kids to play sports is that something that you'll push them to do
1: yeah i mean for the most part i, I plan on you know putting my kids in sports and stuff like that but i mean today's football is getting kind of crazy but then at the same time it's getting more safe at the same time so um i just had this conversation with my uh Haley the other day i was like and Haley is uh future fiance future wife <laughs> <laughs> okay. future, future everything you know <laughs> uh, but I was talking to her and I was just like yeah like I, I don't know if I want him to play football and she was like why not like you play football and I was like yeah I was good at football. <laughs> and she was like what are you saying that like, he's not gonna be good and I was like no like I just don't know if he's gonna like it and I was like you know and I don't want him to start it and then I like think
0: y'all both already assigned that this is gonna be a boy and the, the only <laughs>
1: sport is football that we're talking. I, I mean, about. even for my for my daughter, like I want her just to be like, can I cuss on here? I'm you know super kick ass. Like I just want her to grow up do karate. Like you know if the little boy at school is messing with you, punch him.
0: <laughs> Didn't I see a story the other day where there was like a girl that had like there was a female that had like the first some football accomplishment? the field, uh, the, fil- oh, the
1: f- uh, kicker. Um, she was like the first collegiate, uh, or female athlete to make a field goal. Okay, um, I saw something yeah. about a
0: female football player this week, okay. but yeah, like...
1: I mean, if she wants to play football, but like, get in there, like, let's see what you got. Would you like, let her? Oh yeah, yeah. I would let Sporter? her, you know, um, even with, you know, baseball, because my, my sister was on my baseball team and she was the only girl, but I mean, you know, she'd get hit, she'd get, you know, the, bro- the ball thrown at her and she was like, Psh, I don't care.
0: <laughs> so if it was Little League and they start with participation ribbons le- level, are you about that life? Yes
1: and no. Um, You get a little flimsy ribbon, like ah, good job. (laughs) I hate those. Or the trophy that you put on the shelf that just says
0: congratulations. You you played. Yeah, Yeah. you
1: you wore a uniform. I don't know if you even actually (laughs) played. Yeah, and I, I, I hate those um, because my brother, he you know, my younger brother. He was the one that got the participation awards mostly.
2: Yeah, that kind of started like after we got through those. Yeah, (laughs) and I was
1: just like, that's dumb, like. I, I don't want those. Like, yeah, I want for, the big trophy. But
2: yeah, like, like when I was growing up, we didn't get participation yeah, prizes. Like you like, either won or you yeah, went home sad. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you won, <laughs> you went
1: home sad. Like how come they get trophies? Like I'll never forget um, in basketball, my first year, we got second place, but I mean we still made the championship. We everyone got a trophy, and they were little bitty things. But the f- team in first place, they had these big old trophies, and I was like. I want one of those. My coach was like, "Well, we lost." And I was like, "Okay, like, dang." <laughs> Try again I want next to lose year. Again. Right? Yeah. and I was like, "Well, <laughs> I guess we got to win to get the bigger trophy." Yeah. But um,
0: all right, well, Brandon, m- maybe for your advice for your friends that might have kids, so for, you, they for his kids, yeah. yeah.
2: So his <laughs> so son that's going to play football yeah, for your son, the up and comer for sure. Um, I would definitely recommend to play sports. I mean, whether like it's football or it's rodeo or it's she just running like recreational running not yeah. even sports like it teaches you something yeah. really like it teaches you responsibility it teaches you how to grow up really like when you're on a team you have requirements that you have to meet you have to learn how to wake up and put yourself to the test and that's something that everybody really needs to learn i think like you don't learn it not being a part of something that i feel
0: and put something above Yourself, Right. Yeah. Like for rodeo, it's putting your athletes, I mean, your animals above yourself and yeah. for traditional sports, it's your team. Yeah. Like above your yourself. Bond.
1: I think that's the most important thing is getting out there and like creating bonds, a brotherhood, you know?
2: Yeah. You whatever. learn how, how to connect with other people right. too. Like it brings you closer with people that you may never have talked to before. I mean,
1: so how do you feel about the
0: participation level? Of I sports? don't like it. <laughs> participation only. <laughs> yeah.
2: Negative. The participation awards I don't like really. I mean, if you have a kid that goes out there on the soccer team and they have never stepped foot on the field and they never went to practice, nothing else, and then at the end of the year, they're like, oh, here's here's a ribbon, good job. Like, Mm-mm. you didn't, why? <laughs> like, you didn't <laughs> do anything.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So then um, what are some of the greatest lessons that you've learned from sports? You talked a little bit about what they teach you, but what are, personally, what are the lessons that you've learned?
1: Never quit. You know always keep grinding no matter what sport you play you know always keep your head up you know you may be knocked down but you know you're able to grow from it learn from it and you'll come back you know 10 times harder that's what i've learned in football and sports and you know and that kind of put me through school you know as well like two years ago i was i was down bad and i was like all right let me let me get my you know get, let me yeah. get back on my feet and
0: Yeah, you and I have had lots of conversations about that, about the type of student that you used to be and what you actually want to be known as, the type of student that you actually want to be known as. So that comeback story, right, that you see, I mean, every great sports movie, that's what it's about, right? The comeback story. Yes, ma'am. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, like I said, it's it's always about the comeback, you know, learn how to get back up. That's it. Learn how to get back up and keep moving.
2: Yeah, mine would definitely be, like, holding myself responsible. Like, there's no one else out there that's going to tell me to get up every day go do something to get better or looking on like a ride that went wrong like no one else is in that picture like in that video of me getting backed off no one else is there causing that like that's all me mm-hmm. and having to learn to accept that and I mean even in everyday life like if you get pulled over if you're speeding no one else is driving that truck it's it's all you you got to learn how to accept it like I've really had to work on learning that and that's one of my biggest points that I've learned anyway.
0: Yeah. So then Brandon, did you ever have to come to that point where you had to make the choice between more traditional sports and rodeo? Did you have to choose like I've either got to do one or I've got to do the other or were you able to balance both or what did you do?
2: Yeah. So back in junior high, my parents just gave it straightforward to me. Like if you want to play football, you go play football. If you want to rodeo, you go play or you go rodeo, but you're not doing both, especially like where I'm from. We practice football in the afternoons after school. My mom was a teacher so she was there and we'd always leave after school go home and we'd practice in the arena so it was either you go practice football or you go go to the arena you don't do both okay and I mean I got I talked him into letting me play my eighth grade year and that was it and, yeah like I had a great time doing it but I don't look back really like I picked rodeo and I enjoy it a lot more and I, yeah I mean I'm I'm not here on the football team obviously <laughs> So. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, so, what about you, Octavius? Did you ever feel like you had to pick between? You said you liked multiple sports. Did you ever come to a point where you felt like you had to pick between the sports? Yeah.
1: Once I got to high school, um, it was like, okay, football. Football is my ticket out of here. You know, and I'm from a small town, Belton, Texas, right smack in the middle. Uh, okay, we live in Alpine. You cannot a small say. Town. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> we
0: live in Alpine. You cannot say Belton. Okay, it's,
1: it's a l- it's grown over the years. Well and
0: especially with Temple coming in on one side and yeah, Austin it, coming in on the other, you said you really can't Central say that it's Texas.
1: Small. I'm just it's like, all running Where's together Where's belt and I'm like, Austin. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just a neighborhood of Austin. Now, yeah. A really. suburb, yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean once I once I got to high school, I was I kept telling myself, Football's my ticket out of here, like nothing else. Okay. Um, my backup was track. Uh I was like, if I can get a scholarship for running, I will run all day. Like But for the most part, football, football was the ticket.
0: I remember distinctly that my son came to me when he was playing like soccer when he was a little kid and um, talking about the participation trophies and ribbons and stuff. And he was like, um, "Do they have?" We were trying to decide like what sports he was going to play and was he going to keep playing. And he was like, "Well, are there winners and losers?" Like. Mm -hmm. And he was like, if I don't know if I won or lost, I'm not playing. Like there better be, I want to score. Like do they keep score?
2: Definite like line between it. (laughs) And
0: then his next question was, do they pay money? And I was like, no. And he was like, okay, I'm definitely picking rodeo then because that, Um, but then I was talking to an older gentleman who um, played collegiate baseball, but was a pretty talented rodeo athlete, um, played D1 collegiate baseball, very talented athlete. Um, And he was like, talking to me about my son and he was like, you know, Shanna, rodeo is not a future. It's not a career. You know, like it may pay money, but you never actually make any money at it. And we talked about like the similarities of your sport that y'all are club sports and that you are not traditional sports. So for those people that are listening, Brandon, they may not know, how does money work for college rodeo?
2: So for college rodeo, we pay all our own entry fees. We get all the money that we win. The school they, like, our coach, CJ, picks a few kids on the team. They get travel checks, 150 bucks to give you some fuel to get up there.
0: <laughs> Which being in a an Alpine, may not even, yeah. yeah
2: <laughs> being an Alpine, you understand that doesn't really get you get out you of city limits. Stocks, but yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we're responsible for all our own financials. Um Some of us have some scholarships that come through from alumni for programs that we've thing. set up, yeah. Yeah. But... Other than that, a lot of it's out of our own pocket. There's a lot of radio kids you'll see that come out of mommy and daddy's pockets, but... So would you say,
0: you know, you're self-funded and there's a chance to win money and that can be appealing, but would you say that it's ever actually profitable if you really factored in the cost of the animal, the cost of the vehicle, the cost of the trailer, the cost of the food and fuel and all the other things that go into it? No,
2: if you ever plan on getting rich in radio, you gotta be rich coming into it. That's (laughs) the lifelong story about ranchers too, so... Yeah. But, uh... College rodeo definitely not. They don't they don't pay very good at all to win a college rodeo. Yeah. And I mean, for example, like last year the Sol Ross rodeo here, I won the long round, I won the short round, and I won the average. And I walked out with like seven fifty. And right. I was like, Oh, like <laughs> 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 it's eighty dollars to enter it. Like
0: pretty cheap entry fees it, though.
2: Like looking at entries terrible. and the fuel I spent on that weekend, like I came ahead. But if you look back at like the fuel that I've put in to getting to the point I'm at now and you look at the feed that I've spent on my horses even though I don't use my horses to ride Bronx like I still have to feed my horses so
0: everything you do like looking
2: at all the expenses that have led up to the point of winning each rodeo like they don't equal out
0: one advantage of being a roughy over a time event guy you don't have to haul your animal yeah. mm-hmm. to the rodeo or feed your animal all yeah. the way to the rodeo. So then how do financials work for you as a, on the, and then do y'all call yourselves ultimate or ultimate Frisbee? Because I feel like there was some debate about that last year. Uh,
1: I mean, either or. We don't ever like pick one we'll be like, oh yeah, I play ultimate. And they'll be like, "What's that?" Like, ultimate frisbee. And they're like, "Oh, okay." But so it's sort
0: of just shorthand. It's yeah, not okay. Because for some reason, I thought maybe there was a movement that we mm-hmm. needed to stop using the word frisbee.
1: No, like for the most part, we'll <laughs> be like, "I wanted to oh, be PC." Like if we, like me, I play. I'm like, oh, what sport do you play? I'm like, oh, I play ultimate, and they'll kind of look at me funny. I'm like, ultimate frisbee, and they're like, oh, okay. I mean, so it, it's either or. It doesn't really matter.
0: Okay, so then how does the money work in ultimate?
1: Money wise, everything we we pay for. Um, the only do you have thing to pay like an entry fee to play in a tournament? Um, I believe so, but i I've never been like okay. responsible for that. Um, that's like for our, our big timers, uh, Mike and Javi. They are the ones that kind of, you know, pay whatever needs to be paid. But in all honesty, I think it's probably like you know eighty bucks, um, yeah. no more than a hundred dollars at most. So then, rate.
0: do you actually win any money?
1: No. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, we <laughs> you know wherever we go the only thing that soros pays for is um our gas and but we have to keep our receipts if we do not keep our receipts they're like "Eh, Yeah, well we're
0: like no it didn't really happen yeah Yeah,
1: like we i've there's been one time where i i was just throwing them away for some reason i got all the way back to alpine i was like oh my god it was like 150 bucks but but i drive a as a college kid that's that's significant yeah Yeah, that's a lot for a college kid (laughs) yeah i was uh but I drive like a little little Chevy Cruze, so it does it does the job. What do you drive, Brandon?
2: Yeah, I've got a 3,500 um, dually that, with a camper on it. So.
0: Okay. okay, so you haul your camper with you. Yeah. Okay. Where do y'all stay when y'all go? Do y'all get hotels? Um,
1: yeah, we get hotels, but not always the nice ones. Um, <laughs> I remember one time we went to Houston, and I was like, I'm not staying here. I was like, there's no way I'm staying here. And he was like, look, this is all we can afford. And I was like, oh, oh dang. It, it was kind of sketchy, but for the most part... Like, they're the hotels that, like, look terrible on the outside. And then when you get into it, you're like, oh, wow. Like, is that a chandelier? Just don't leave the room and exactly. don't go anywhere by yeah, yourself. Exactly.
2: It's not the kind of ones where you can see under the door. Yeah. And the <laughs> doesn't quite close. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but...
0: So then when I paired y'all up, I called this episode Hammer Down because I was trying to, again, kind of think about how y'all were similar. So in rodeo for Saddle bronc, I hear that a lot. Like when you're getting ready to ride, people are like, hammer down. You know, like okay. that's kind of the phrase you hear. And then I, you know, I'm not as familiar with some of the moves and the slang and the terminology for Ultimate Frisbee, but I was looking, and that's actually a term mm-hmm. in Ultimate. So can each of you explain what that means in your respective sports? Go ahead, boss man.
2: And so... I mean I don't use hammer down (laughs) (laughs) I use all gas like full throttle all the time okay
1: okay okay.
2: but uh I mean it's just like you got to give it everything you got right there like especially in the Bronx riding everything happens really fast right there in an instant like as soon as the gate opens it starts there's not a like build up to it so hammer down you could probably think of like a gun as soon as that hammer goes down it's blasting off like it's Blown up right there. That's a really good
0: way to explain it. So like yeah. the opening of the shoot or the gate yeah. is essentially like the the click on the hand, on a gun, right? Yeah. That's a really great and a great analogy. Okay.
1: I mean, for us, um, when it comes to like hammer down, it's like, look, you know, if it's like a close game, tie game, or even the beginning of the game, like, all right, look, we're here. Let's focus. Like hammer down. Like know know your responsibility. You know, and so It's just mainly focus you know don't slip up yeah you know because if one person messes up it messes up everybody else and
0: well and this may not be something that you're familiar with but isn't it an actual throw like isn't it an actual throwing technique like hammer yeah. throw or hammer yeah something? so
1: there's um there's three throws if you're really good with it i mean i've kind of learned it there's a hammer it's kind of like a like an overhand okay like a hammer bam um there's um a flick and then there's a backhand so I think of okay. like backhand
2: uh but i mean yeah, that's the one the, i'm familiar with the backhand. <laughs> just yeah, the, the normal yeah, like, like everybody throws a frisbee it, yeah know? if you ever
1: pick up a frisbee and the way you first that's that's a backhand
2: yeah.
1: uh, so y'all both talked about how fast your sports
0: are mm-hmm. and that they're kind of like wild all out from the get-go there's no stop there's no letting up there's no backing down and that's again kind of the reason that i paired y'all up and thinking about it and kind of for me it was kind of like a Like almost like an out-of-control feeling, right? And that with your sports, you sort of have to come to that terms with that out-of-control and kind of that let it fly. And Brandon, you talked about your riding style maybe is different than some other people's riding style when I was talking about like sitting in the saddle. So can you explain maybe – he was talking about different types of throws. Can you maybe explain the different types of riding styles that happen in bronc riding?
2: I'm going to try to not get as critical on this because it's (laughs) –
0: Yeah, don't be judgmental. Don't be one of those. No, No, i just just
2: not. Try not to break it down as much, but oh, okay. like I'm real, I ride the front end a whole lot in my okay. saddle. So instead of sitting back, like in my seat, I'm up against my swells a lot more. Okay. Like the front part of my saddle, my butt's hardly ever in the seat. Okay. Like if you watch most of my rides, whenever my feet are coming to the back of my spur stroke, my butt's usually up in the air. Like <laughs> It looks yeah. like I should be getting bucked off. Okay. And it's just, I ride a lot looser because of that. Okay. It's not as controlled, as classic-looking as it could be. Okay. And, I mean, it has its advantages and disadvantages. Like, you make the horse look better because you're a little out of control, but... So you you ride pretty
0: out of control. So maybe somebody who is really a harsh critic or more of a technical rider or coach of bronc riding would probably
2: yeah so like our judges try to fix it, right? our judges dock a few points on it okay because like, of that style just because they don't like it as much okay but as long as as long as it's going good for me like as long as i get back in position i mean there's like there's one common position that everybody gets to and that's when your feet are in the front like you're above the shoulders setting your feet so toes you turned out toes turned out like the classic look that's in every picture of bronc right? <laughs> That's correct that silhouette Picture. that we all yeah, see, right? Yeah, the silhouette. Like, when you're back in your saddle, lifting on your rein, your feet are up where they're supposed to be. Like, as long as I can get back to that position, like, it's usually okay. But the rest of it usually looks out of control.
0: <laughs> so what does that feel like to you? Does it feel out of control? Or does it free- feel freeing? Or what does it feel like for you? Like, for those of us that have never actually done it, and maybe, like, would you ever get on and actually do it?
1: Oh, yeah. I oh, would, yeah? I, I, would, I would love to do it. I, oh mean, I, remember, okay. I mean, I remember coming out here. I was like, "There's a rodeo team. Shoot!" Yeah, then, yeah hey, I was we have just, openings. Like, <laughs> I was gonna sign up to be the clown. Like, I remember, I was like, "I want to do that. Like, I want to dance." <laughs> you want to be bull. In the barrel? Yeah. Like, I think that would be fun. But so, but, okay. So
0: tell us. What, so for me, if I haven't done it, maybe for Octavius who wants to do it, what could we? What would? How would you describe how it feels like when you're in the middle of a run, especially when it feels right? You know, when you have the rhythm and the timing, and you've got the right rein and every, a good horse. What does that feel like?
2: So depending on the ride, like, I've got a really weird brain. I can be in the middle of a great ride and not be in the world right now. Like, I'll be thinking about random things. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, just nothing to do with the ride at all. Like your
0: grocery list or, like... Yeah, like,
2: like, what I'm going (laughs) to do next week. Like, just (laughs) random things. Okay. And then there's times where I'm, like, looking at my feet every time I set them. I'm like, oh, man, like, my left toe looks good. (laughs) (laughs) Or there's times where I'm a little bit behind and I'm like having to work on it a little bit. I'm like, okay, lift, like get back, lift, get back, and get I'm there, like get there. Coaching myself the whole way through. Mm-hmm. But most of the time when things are going right, like my brain is nowhere around the arena. Like,
0: okay, that's interesting. I just
2: have absolutely random stuff going through my head.
0: You're the first athlete that I've interviewed that actually disassociates themselves in their yeah, sports.
2: Yeah, I don't understand it. Like I'll just zone out in the middle of a ride at times. Okay. But Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: that's really interesting. I didn't know if it would feel like a floating feeling or if it felt like a peaceful feeling or like if it felt like adrenaline rush or that's
2: a lot of a peaceful feeling whenever things are going right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah,
0: But that's super fascinating that you're able to disassociate, disassociate and just really kind of enjoy it. Yeah. You know, like, hey, cool. Yeah. So for you, you talked about the fast paced nature, Octavius, of of disc golf and how, Or sorry, now you have me saying it. (laughs) Ultimate Frisbee. Um, And how fast is everything is going. So when you're in the middle of a play and there are, so there's nine of y'all on the field, right? So 18 total players, right? No, 14. Okay, seven on seven. Okay, seven on seven. Um, So there's 14 guys on the field. And is it all male? Is it? or is it mixed
1: Um, it it can be mixed like we've gone against teams that you know that may have uh you know a female or a girl on the team so it can be co-ed yeah
0: okay Uh, so you got 14 people on the field one disc flying around mm -hmm. are you thinking more about where's the disc or are you thinking about where i need to be are you thinking about scoring are you thinking about defense like what's usually going through your mind so
1: whenever we're on offense it's okay where's the disc if the disc is on the left side or on you know on the right side of the field i need to be somewhere where i can get it you know do you like, have
0: an official official position that you play
1: um yes it's kind of like um we call it the wing it's kind of like a outside receiver okay. um so there's there's a wing that's on the there's two wings you know on each end of the field there's our, short, our shorts and then our handlers okay. so are you so we asked him about your sport are you going to go play his sport
2: yeah, next time you all have tryouts don't don't call me because <laughs> <laughs> i've got a good capacity of running like 10 foot and and then then I'm, I'm, I'm done, done. <laughs> <laughs> i used to run cross country i don't anymore so
1: okay but um i, I mainly play the outside wing but it's best to um play every position because yeah. you're it's like always in a rotation you know so Someone, you're thinking mostly about
0: where you need to be where i
1: need to be and where is the disc if it's thrown in the air because if it's thrown in the air, you have to be able to read the disc. Because that wind, if it's windy, oh my lord, it is. It's bad. It'll it'll make you look very foolish. <laughs> you know, it'll be there and then it'll just, whoop, you know, it'll just be behind you and you're like, wait, 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 wait. It it gets it gets hectic. So you always have to be and stay on your
2: toes. I bet y'all deal with that a lot out here with yeah, the wind. especially oh
1: especially you know. Now, like, it has been windy for, like, the past three days, and we're like, yeah, let's cancel practice. (laughs) That's out of control this week, yeah. Um,
0: So, Brandon, that kind of reminds me of something about your sport. So thinking about when your horse, is there, when you're riding, is there anything that you try to watch on the horse to help you predict whether they're going to go forward or jump sideways or whether they're taking long strides or going up or kicking or, like, can you watch, like, the head or the neck or the mane or anything to kind of give you a clue?
2: I mean, I'm sure you could watch their head and get an idea of it. But, like, one thing that I do that I try really hard to do whenever I'm riding just to keep myself in a position is looking at my swells. Like, I'm looking at my saddle the whole time, trying to keep my chin tucked to where it's keeping me composed. Yeah. So I hardly really look at the horse. Okay. You just kind of, you talk to the contractor before, and you get an idea, like, oh, yeah, he's going to circle left, he's going to circle right, or he's going to go straight down the pin. He might step out two jumps and just blow straight up in the air. like.
0: Yeah. So again, I'm a fit lead. So when y'all are talking about this, the only thing I can compare it to is lifting, working out, right? Right. Because I'm not competing in a sport. But I love um, like powerlifting and Olympic lifting moves that we do in like a CrossFit style workout. And so I'm thinking about when you're talking about this, about doing snatch is one of my favorite lifts to do. And it's such a technical move. And so I'm trying to think about when y'all are talking about this, like, okay, what am I thinking about while I'm doing this movement? And then when you were talking about like, what do I look at? What am I looking at? And I'm really OCD about like, I can't have anyone in front of me. So when we line up, because in CrossFit, it's so weird that people just, you just kind of sort of pick a spot and you get, and some people want to face this way to the front. Some people will face this way. And it makes me batty that it's not orderly and organized and people are everywhere. So I have to be on the front row and face the wall because I can't have people in front of me when I'm lifting because they will distract me and I need to have a spot on the wall that I stare at while I do the lift. Um, and even if the coach comes over and watches me, if she gets right in front of me, I will move because it it pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I need to stare at this line on the wall right now because yeah. it ke- keeps on my balance. And then, yeah, so that's really fascinating. I think that that's so cool how it applies in every area of our life. Like, are we present? Are we thinking about where we're at? And then that, you know, being able to kind of let go of our preconceived notions or let go of things that are holding us back and being able to just really be there and give it, and then kind of the thing that y'all both talked about with sports that you gotta go all in and when that hammer, when you hammer down that you have to just, it's all out. Right. Yeah. So what does it feel like when y'all are in the middle of a game and things are going really well? Like, and there's, like, the flow, and the team is working together, and you're winning. Like, where's your brain at when that's
1: happening? I mean, we're, like, if we're winning by a lot, we'll kind of just be like, hey, like, man, where are we going to go eat at tonight, man? Like, (laughs) we're hungry. And, you know, we'll make jokes. You know, we'll laugh.
2: Start enjoying it. Yes. Like,
1: it's just kind of like, all right, let's relax. We're up by a couple. But, I mean, if it's, like, a serious game, it's like, no, you need to be here. You're covering that guy. But for the most part, it's, like, if we're winning, we're kind of just chilling. We're laughing, we're goofing around, and at that point, we just kind of go in like a free-for-all ultimate frisbee. We like throw the frisbee whenever it's like you know one crazy throw, and we're like, oh well, you got it, good job. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's it gets pretty fun if we're winning. Have you ever seen that movie Miracle
0: about the eighty-four Olympic ice hockey team? Yeah, you've seen it. Okay. Watched
2: it just a few days ago, actually. Yeah. Okay, one of the
0: greatest sports movies ever. Yeah. Love it. I could quote so many things about that. And one of my favorites is "The Legs Feed the Wolves" when he's yeah. making them do all that stuff. But there's a scene in there where they're playing, and the coach is getting pissed at the players, and he hears them talking about some girls in the stands. Right. And afterwards, yeah, on do you remember the bench, this scene too?
2: Like they're sitting on the bench talking about them girls, and afterwards he's very irate. Like, do you, you remember what he makes them do? Uh, right after the game, he makes them do that line thing, like going yeah. across. And so for a long time, like, the janitor <laughs> comes up, like, hey, I need to clean the ice. And he's like, I'll do it. Just leave. <laughs>
0: yeah, so it kind of <laughs> makes me curious about what you said, because, so you're talking about that when y'all are winning, you're able to just, like, hey, what are we talking about? What are we going to eat later? What's yeah. going on? And you were talking about that when a ride is good, that you're thinking about, you're not even in there. You're thinking about yeah. something else. But then when you're bad, you're focusing on all this stuff. So it makes me wonder, like, would we be doing better if we weren't so... Harped on all the bad stuff, right? Like,
1: yeah, I mean, you know, like if we would just start having
0: fun from the get
1: go, or was the coach from Miracle right, like,
0: get your head head right here, you can't be thinking about girls right Right. now, you know,
1: like. And I mean, me or for us is just kind of like, let's enjoy it, you know, but at the same time, you know, if it gets competitive, we still have to enjoy it, you know, we still want to have fun, but let's take
2: a little more serious. Yeah, I
0: just wonder where that line is, right?
2: Yeah, I mean you. You always got to stay on it. Like, you always got to keep your attention in there, but you can't go 100% all the time because you're just going to drain your tank burn so fast. Out. Like, you're going to burn yourself out. And I mean, there's got to be those points in there where you do have to enjoy it. Like, you got to take a minute and then take up the atmosphere. Like, we're winning. We're doing great. Soak it in a little bit, you know. But even when you're on top of things, like, there's always room to get better. So staying... Staying 100% focused, like in that movie when he's like making them go right back to work, like get your head back in it. Like, he's got a solid point. He's like, we might be great, but we got to get better. Right? Yeah, right. Because they a- played, they had that first game with uh, Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had that first game with Russia and they lost bad. Like, after going on a winning streak too, and then go in there and they lose bad, and it's like, maybe if they weren't distracted, like stayed into it, like there's still someone out there bigger and better than you.
0: Yeah. So if you need some good sports motivation, highly recommend Miracle 1984 Olympic team. Got Kurt Russell in it as the coach. Really good ice hockey team. Um, I think that's a great way to kind of start wrapping things up. I want to be mindful of everybody's time. I know everybody's got a crazy schedule. Um, So we're about to head out. So this week is a crazy week at Sol Ross. It's homecoming week, Mm -hmm. and it is homecoming, I mean Halloween week. Mm -hmm. And so here at the university, it's like they've meshed everything together all (laughs) into one week. And then college rodeo week, and so lots of stuff going on. Um, ironically, I was looking at my time hop on Facebook today and I had made a homemade from scratch saddle bronc riding costume for my son for Halloween this y- this day, yeah. um, like 12 years ago. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny when I saw that on my time hop today. And then I knew I was interviewing you. I was cracking up laughing because, um, he did not ever ride a saddle bronc horse yeah. ever. I could never convince him to get on. Did you ever dress up as a cowboy for Halloween?
2: Oh, I dressed up as a cowboy a lot. That just saved me having to like actually get a costume so
0: <laughs> what was your favorite costume ever
2: oh i went as a dark knight once like we had a horse halloween party like, yeah where we dressed up the horses and everything and I got a knight costume we had big deal across like the cape oh yeah the drape thing i don't know yeah. over the horse like had the full knight's look to it it Dang. was yeah that was awesome. that was, it was probably the best one i did it was A long time ago
0: (laughs) yeah just anybody listening it's really hard to be a rodeo parent when you have to try to figure out how to
2: how to make the horse work too yeah how
0: to get the horse (laughs) involved in the costume too because i got yeah we got to the point where there was no trick-or-treating unless there was a horse involved there was no dressing up unless the horse was involved (laughs) makes that a little interesting yeah what about you are you dressing up this year no my halloween days are
2: over Um, are you dressing up
0: this year any costume rodeos no
2: i'm not (laughs) there's a
0: usually a big costume rodeo every year no costume this year
2: uh, Not this year now. Okay. Um. I
1: think the last time I dressed up was, uh, my freshman year here. Um, yeah, me too. Like, yeah, my freshman year here it was like the last time I actually dressed up. But, but the last time I went trick or treating, I was 17 years old. That I was telling myself like, this is my last year. At 18, I'm grown. But, I think that'll start back up whenever I have kids. I'll start dressing up. And what was your greatest costume ever greatest costume ever I was Buzz Lightyear for four years straight <laughs> you
0: really liked Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, I, I was committed like
1: yeah. you could tell me anything and I was just like oh, I want to be Buzz Lightyear and my mom was like you were that last year and I was like I want to be it again like yeah. they had like the whole like the wings you know they went in and out and I was like I want to be Buzz Lightyear I think from uh I'll never from three years old all the way up to like seven I was but Buzz Lightyear and then once I started playing sports I was like oh I want to be like a football player. I want to do yeah. this, but Buzz Lightyear was number one all time. I think I still have pictures of it. <laughs> Very cool. All
0: right. Last question I want to ask you is what, we have talked a little bit about the lessons that sports has taught you, but specifically ultimate, how has that influenced you and, or like how do you foresee that playing out in your Is Anything that you can take from ultimate that you can see is going to influence you as you graduate from college and go out to be a potential athlete, um, husband or father or physical therapist maybe um what what do you think ultimate are there any lessons that you can pull from ultimate Um,
1: always um respect what somebody else is telling you um that's what it has taught me a lot like you don't have to agree with it but just kind of hey this is wrong you're doing this wrong or whatever the case may be be like okay you know and so be open to feedback yeah what is it called whenever agree to disagree Uh you know like You'd be like, okay, yeah, sure, and then turn around and be like, Psh, whatever. <laughs> and I think you know that's what it you know has taught me a lot is just agree to disagree. You know, yes, may have been wrong, may have been right, but let's move
2: on. You know.
0: Okay. All right, Brandon. What about you? What do you think Saddle has taught you that you could actually use in life outside of rodeo?
2: So kind of like the old guys that you used to play basketball <laughs> with. It's not really who you know, but or not really what you know, but who you know, and through rodeo, you get all kinds of connections. I Mm -hmm. mean, there's so many people out there that love rodeo that can't do it, or they're not ape like, they're not good at it. So they want to support it in any way they can. And that's one thing I've learned a lot is it's not what you know, but who you know, and in life, I mean, it helps a lot. (laughs) Yeah, the ranch I'm living on right now, like, it's just a friend's place that I mean, I'm not ever going to be able to afford that property. But I know someone that can and they let me stay there and it's great like awesome
0: perfect well thank you so much for taking the time to be on under the brim podcast today we are excited to have you here thank you so much for your time guys it's been
1: great (laughs) thank you thank you
0: thanks brandon lansford and octavius delgado soul ross athletes